167. It has uh, been really fun the last couple of weeks now to stand in the lobby and hear people continue to ask, why are there 167 plates in the lobby of Clay Church? Or, uh, or today, I heard, I heard one person at least say, why are they starting to change color? Well, there are 24 hours in a day and seven days in a week. And if our math is right, by the way, never trust pastor math, but, uh, but it's right this time. That means that there are 168 hours in a week. We spend an hour or so here in worship, which means there are 167 other hours in our lives. Do you sense the presence of Jesus in those 167 other hours? Do you let Jesus guide what happens in those 167 other hours? If Jesus is Lord of our lives, then Jesus is Lord of, of everything. That's why we're talking about 167. What does it look like to let Jesus be Lord of our entire lives? How do we live and claim those other 167 hours for Jesus? To help us answer that question this month or explore what the Bible has to say about that question, we're examining the wisdom literature, Psalms and Proverbs, Ecclesiastes and the Song of Songs. And a couple people asked this week, so I will just put it out there, yes, Pastor Brian is going to be preaching on the Song of Songs uh, the, uh, uh, the week of Memorial Day weekend. So a little extra incentive to see for those of you that know anything about that book and are wondering what on earth will he say. Last week, Carolyn explored the Psalms and helped us think about how we can pray every moment holy. That's why the plates are turning colors. You're going to see them continue to change colors. The color re represents our effort in this last week to pray more moments of our lives holy. That's really our, our prayer for the month, that, that we'll find more holy moments as we explore these scriptures together. More moments of our lives will, be, will, will have, a, have Jesus being real and present to us that we'll experience more moments of peace in our lives. Who would like a little more peace in your life? Yeah. So this week we're going to explore Proverbs. Uh, let me share a prayer and then, then we're going to dive in today. Would you pray with me? Holy God, just open our, our minds today to, to think and discern and, 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 and learn from your, from your word. Open us to better understand. Invite us to continue growing in our relationship with Jesus and open our hearts to be filled with more and more of your love in Christ. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I'm uh, gonna tell you one of my theological convictions today. You ready? I think God wants us to have fun. I think God invites us to have a lot of other things going on in our lives, but I think God wants us, even in worship, to sometimes have a good time, to let go and experience the joy that God can bring in community, to laugh together and just, just enjoy time together. 
in that spirit and to, to help us kind of dig into Proverbs today, we're going to start with a little game that I hope you'll have some fun with. We're going to call this game Proverbs or Yoda. I am going to read a wisdom saying, and you get to vote on whether you think it is from the book of Proverbs in the Bible, or if you think it is a quote from Yoda in the Star Wars canon, the universe of movies and shows. Are you ready? Let's start with what I think will be an easier one. Do not forsake your mother's teaching, Proverbs or Yoda. It is indeed Proverbs verse one, or chapter 1, verse 8. Uh, and this is the point where I just want to take a point of privilege and say, Hi, Mom, and, uh, and, and Happy Mother's Day, Cheryl, uh, uh, because I, I did that for moms. Okay, next one. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. All right, book of Proverbs or Yoda? Yoda. Yes, very good. All right, you've got the hang of this. Ella suggested that I do the whole sermon in the Yoda voice. And I said, I won't be able to speak for weeks. Uh, so not, not doing that. Uh, from here on, though, no more clues. You've got this. All right. You will know good from bad when you are at peace and passive. It is Yoda. Very good. Very good. All right, next one. Out in the open, wisdom calls aloud. Proverbs or Yoda? Proverbs. Proverbs 1, verse 20. Next one. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Proverbs or Yoda? This one is Proverbs. Proverbs 3, verse 7. You fail because you don't believe. Proverbs or Yoda? This one is Yoda. In a dark place, we find ourselves and a little more knowledge lights our way. Proverbs or Yoda? This one is Yoda. And one more. Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Proverbs or Yoda? Proverbs 4.23. Anybody get them all right? Anyone, any, any, I, I heard lots of people with good answers. Well done. I don't know how many of you are Star Wars fans or remember the original movies, but as we get ready to look at the book of Proverbs, we might just make kind of an interesting observation about Yoda, the sayer of, of wisdom, right? The game was about having fun, but I, I want us to just pause and, and recognize there's actually something else in, in Star Wars that might be worth noticing. When Luke is being trained by Yoda in the movies, Yoda imparts wisdom to Luke, not, as it turns out, so that Luke can win every battle that he is a part of. He imparts wisdom to Luke so that when things get difficult and bleak and are at their darkest and it's hard to know what to do, 
He stays in the light and doesn't turn to the dark side. Right? The wisdom that Yoda imparts is so that Luke does not give in to his fear or the way of violence and evil, but instead will continue to do what is right, even when doing what is right is the harder thing to do. When things get tough, Yoda's wisdom isn't going to help Luke win the fight. Yoda's wisdom is going to help Luke cling to what is right and what is good. Which I think is a, a good segue into a conversation about the book of Proverbs in the Bible and, and how this book might speak to 167 hours of our life lived outside of, of these walls that we're in right now. We often think of Proverbs as pithy sayings of wisdom and guidance, and that isn't untrue. Many of them are kind of fun sayings. They're easy to, some of them are easy to memorize. But the book of Proverbs, while lots of it's, it's memorable, it's more than just good advice. Consider, consider where this wisdom begins. There's a story in 1 Kings chapter 3. And the Lord meets Solomon, King Solomon, King David's son. Uh, King Solomon has taken reign over Israel. And the Lord says to Solomon, uh, I'll give you whatever you ask. You can ask for anything. What, what do you want? And Solomon says that he would like to have a wise and discerning heart so that he can govern well. And God says, I appreciate that you asked for that. And so he grants Solomon this gift of wisdom. The story goes on to tell us it's the, it's the greatest wisdom that the world has, has ever known. It's unrivaled in, in all the world. And then the story of Solomon goes on in chapter 4, where the author says that, that Solomon captured all of this wisdom, or as much of this wisdom as he could, and he put it into, into songs, and he put it into Proverbs, and he wrote them down in order to relay this wisdom on to future people, future generations, to his people. The book of Proverbs, it stands in this story, it stands in this tradition of, of God's wisdom granted to us. And you remember the purpose of that wisdom? Right? It was to govern well. It was to help guide the people of Israel to a, to a good life. In this tradition, the book of Proverbs, it's more than just a, a bunch of kind of colloquial wise sayings. The book shares how to live a good life. Who here would like to live a good life? Okay, most of you. <laughs> the book of, of Proverbs invites the reader to carry God's wisdom into every part of our lives and to live in a way that, that honors God and builds up not just our own lives, but because better community is better for our lives, to build up, to build up God's community, God's people. So we're going to take the next eight hours today, and we're going to walk all the way through the book of Proverbs. Just kidding, it'd take a lot longer than that. Um, we're going to just get a glimpse of Proverbs today. We're going to turn to, to Proverbs chapter 3. 
And we're just going to look at the, the first few verses as a, as a way of kind of getting a sense of what, what Proverbs might offer us as we look at the other 167 hours of our life. It begins this way. It says, My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Carry God's wisdom with you always. Do you hear that theme emerging? It'll emerge again and again in Proverbs. Bind them to your, your neck. It's like, like, put them on. Put on something that reminds you of, of God's wisdom. Write them on your, on your heart so you just, it goes with you everywhere. It's an invitation not just to come and, and seek a good word on Sundays, right? But to carry the word on our hearts, to carry this message of, of God's grace and mercy for us in, in Jesus to carry it with us and into each and every moment of our lives, to let the words invade our hearts. Let me invite you for just a moment. Just think of somebody in your life that just has exuded goodness. Picture somebody in your life that, that you just, they were good to the core. They, they showed you what it was like to be good or to live a good life. And my prayer is most of us have somebody that has been that person in your life. And here's, here's just a guess. But my guess is when you think of that person, many of you probably think something like, he or she just had a really big heart. Have you ever said that about somebody? Man, they, I, I just love them. They have such a big heart. Why do we say that? Because the life of the people that we know is, is good, right? Their lives are just infused, permeated by the fruits of the way of Jesus. Love and joy and peace and patience and kindness. It just bubbles up out of their, out of their hearts. Why? Because they carry God's wisdom in their hearts. Proverbs goes on to say this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Well after the reign of King Solomon, Israel falls, right? They, they don't live by this wisdom. In fact, by the end of his life, Solomon is no longer living by this wisdom. And the, because they aren't living by this wisdom, the community weakens. They don't rely on each other. They don't care for each other anymore. And so when, when invading nations come, there's nothing, there, there's, there's no sense of unity to stand against. And so the the country crumbles and many of the people are taken into exile. And in exile with no temple, 
which was God's presence in their midst with no temple, no place to, to gather, to worship, with no, no country of their own, the people, they turn to their holy books. They turn to their scriptures. Carolyn mentioned last week, they turn in exile to, to the Psalms. They also turn to Proverbs. And they look at Proverbs and, and it, it answers questions. What mistakes have we made that led us to be so weakened And now, how do we live by God's wisdom going forward so that we might be restored to that good life that we we knew? How do we live in the wisdom of God that we know led to this wonderful sense of community and God and, and, and people and not just give in to the ways of death and destruction that we know in this empire, the ways of the world? See, I think the wisdom of Proverbs then and really today offers an alternative guide to what the world says is the plan for living a good life. The wisdom of Proverbs, it it challenged the cultural systems of the time, just like I think it, it challenges our cultural systems of today cultural systems that are grounded in wealth and power and influence and selfish ambition. In that time, it was an honor and shame system. We might think about it this way. Think about how how many of us were, were raised in Western culture today. Right? We're told when we're growing up, be your best self. Follow your dreams. Follow, follow your heart. Do, do what, what, what's good for you. And at the core, right, these are encouraging words. I, I'm not knocking these words or, or the invitation to, to follow, follow one's dreams and be the best you can be. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. But when we carry these to the extreme in Western culture, it leads to like rugged individualism. It's about me, not about, about the community anymore. It leads to selfishness. Well, I've got to watch out for myself. It leads to winning at all cost. Well, if it's about me, then, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to win this argument. I, I don't need to find middle ground. It's, it's about what I think and what I need. It's about investing in self over care of, of others. Right? These ideas of culture at the extreme, they, they set our desire on self over God, self over community. And what is the good life in this culture? What's the rich and famous one? Or the one where you don't have to worry about anything and, and, and it's all comfortable. The, the one where, where you, you'll do whatever it takes to be comfortable yourself. And I'll pick on myself for a moment. I, I think I've probably used this example before. Right? This is how it, how it plays out in life. I walk into a TV store because my cat broke my TV. It's a different sermon on forgiveness. And, um, <laughs> and looking at all those televisions, all those really big ones, with all those bright and pretty colors, right? Suddenly, my desire is keyed in I need one of those for my basement. Mind you, there is no way that my basement uh, 
uh, lays out where you can be far enough away that you can appreciate a screen that size. But that doesn't matter anymore. Let's not take into account the fact that, that my entire family, when we watch something, almost all of us watch it on our, on our handheld devices and not on a screen much anymore. Right? There are all these reasons. I, I don't stop to think about, about the economy or about, um, or about the environment as I'm looking at these big screens. It's just about me and my need to sit in front of those, those big screens and watch Star Wars. See the connection there? Right? And now that desire is driving me, so I'm ready to, I'm ready to cut a corner. I'm ready to say, well, I, I, don't, I, I, I won't have that money available to give because I need this TV for my life. I'm ready to not think about how this has an impact on anyone else. I'm, I'm going to use this to now justify, well, if we get this big screen TV, then my family will sit together and watch things. By the way, we have the big screen TV. I gave in to the desire, and we don't still sit and watch things. Occasionally we do, but... Right? Because now my desire is driving my 167, not God's desire. And, and the world's desire, that desire that drives me, it can't be satiated. Right? Because next year there'll be even bigger TVs, and they will respond better to my voice commands than my one now, and I'll, I'll need one of those. So Proverbs says, trust in God, not your own desire. Trust in God's way of understanding the world, not your own understanding. Trust in God's way, not the world's way. For those who desire a good and useful life, Proverbs 3 continues, this is 9 through 12, it says, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke, because the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father, the son he delights in. The full book of Proverbs, it, uh, it reaches into all aspects of, of daily life. Money and learning and, and serving and how we interact in community and, um, and, and sexual health. It's, it's all in there. One of the things we'll find if you, if you read through Proverbs, and it'd be fun, I just encourage you this week, um, if nothing else, the daily questions this week and daily scriptures will walk you all, through all of chapter three, so it just gives you more of what's in there, but read a little bit, and you'll see how comprehensive Proverbs is about this, about this wisdom of living in God's way. But one of the things that, that Proverbs pushes to is, is to realize that to trust in God's desire and God's will is not just theory and belief. It's not just coming on a Sunday morning and be like, yeah, I trust in God's way. No, it's, it's practicing it. It's, it's living it in each and every moment with what we say and what we do. When we, uh, when we think about the wisdom of, of Proverbs, a life lived for God it doesn't just happen. 
right? You have to seek it. We have to live it. Trusting God isn't just something you say. It's living every moment by God's wisdom. And we may think, sure, we're, we're here to connect with God's wisdom, but today in this, in this small excerpt from Proverbs, again, that kind of represents the rest, we might be invited to reflect on how does God's wisdom connect for us in those 167 hours beyond? Like, what about God's wisdom in that moment when you are stuck behind traffic and somebody cuts you off? I'm not looking at anybody particular here, sorry. What about... That moment in your day when you are dealing with a difficult coworker or a difficult salesperson? What about that moment in your week when you're making a, a big decision about something coming in your life or a big decision about an upcoming purchase? What about just as you're deciding how to spend your Saturday? What about those moments when you're just deciding how you're going to respond to the news that you read online or the things that are going on in your own community? One of the phrases that you'll hear repeated in Proverbs is to fear the Lord. Fear the Lord. And this isn't to be afraid, although, although there's a sense of that in it. It's to, it's to have awe and reverence for God. It's to, to live life with this deep sense of respect for the God that created all that there is. This isn't to be perfect. This isn't to think we're condemned if we fall short. It's to continually learn and grow in wisdom and word. It's to confess when we mess up. It's the, the fear of the Lord is to go, God, I, I'm sorry, you created all of this and, and I've messed it up, but, but it's to confess and then recognize that God's wisdom can guide us into deeper understanding and deeper wisdom ourselves into, into walking more in the way of God and the way of Jesus in each and every day. It's to find a way to let wisdom guide us in those 167 hours. Let me invite you today when you came in, hopefully in your life guide, maybe you were handed one, um, you should have received a, a little laminated card that looks like this. I want to invite you to grab that and, and pull it out right now. We're just calling this the a 167 wisdom card. It's yours to, to take with you, to, to put in your pocket or in your purse in your wallet, in your, in your car, just somewhere where you can have this and, and let it travel with you. And then it's a reminder for the other 167 hours in our lives, it's just a, a reminder to, to, to grab this card and, and connect to God's wisdom. Right, when, when you're making a decision, this is Brian, next time he goes into a TV store, he's gonna pull out the card Right? It's a reminder that when you're making a decision or maybe you're feeling stressed or overwhelmed or maybe you're, you're, you're struggling in a relationship, you're like, what do I do? Pull out the card. Pull out this 167 wisdom card and just walk through it 
it, it tells us to pause and just take a deep breath. Create space. And it goes back to what Carolyn said last week. It's, it's like, pray this moment holy. And then, and then take a moment and pray, and pray for God's wisdom. God, show me your way. Remind me of, of your word, what you might speak into this situation. And then take a moment and ponder. Ponder God's word and, and God's way. Maybe it's the scriptures that you know. Maybe, maybe it's the values that you, you know your parents imparted to, to live a, a holy life. Maybe it's, it's thoughts from sermons that you've heard, but, but take a moment and, and ponder God's wisdom and, and God's way. And then put it into practice. Put it into practice. Put into practice God's love and God's mercy in that moment, in that decision, in that interaction. Have you ever had a moment in life where somebody made you really angry? Anyone? Or, or maybe this one, or you read an email and if the author of the email had been in the room, you're afraid you would have like come over the table at them, but they're not in the room. And so you sat down and you started to respond to them via email. Anybody, anybody done that? And then you hit send and you knew as soon as you hit send or, or when you're with that person, you responded right away. And as soon as the words came out of your mouth, you just, you knew uh, that, that, was, that was not wise. Anybody had that experience? Okay, good. I want to make sure it wasn't just me. How might we not lean on our own understanding in these kinds of moments in our life, but on God's wisdom? How might we realize that these other 167 hours, even the ones that are seated with deep, Challenges could be holy if we would trust not in our own understanding but lead into God's wisdom. This is the gift of Proverbs. Yeah, if you read it, you're going to find some sort of bizarre things in there because culturally it doesn't all equate in the same ways. And there are things like talk about like a dog returning to its vomit. You're going to be like, what's that about? But as a whole, as a book, what Proverbs does is it, it's meant to to show us that God's wisdom is to be a constant presence in our lives. That we're not meant to, to live one moment holy, but that God's wisdom is, is meant to permeate our lives and help us to live each and every moment as holy. Which means in the tense conversation and in the nasty email exchange, in the big purchase that we may be facing and in the, in the moments we're just perusing Amazon's recommendations in our time at the dinner table and in our time online. Proverbs invites us to keep God's wisdom in our pockets, to carry it with us, and then to allow more of our lives to be filled and guided by the presence of Jesus. Amen.